Welcome to Talking Home Renovations with Owls Maven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect practicing in Massachusetts. My specialty is additions and renovations to older homes, incorporating new technologies and sustainable practices. Since 2019, we have covered so much about home renovations, from foundations to roofing, how to hire design professionals and contractors, DIY challenges, sustainability, women in renovations, and so many home renovation stories from all of you. Lately, I've been getting messages and calls from listeners asking about architectural services and trying to figure out how to hire the right professional for their job. I realize it's been a while since we discussed this, so I am revisiting episode 68, How to Find the Right Design Professional, with Jake Krakowski. And Jake is a landscape architect and residential designer based in South Carolina. He helps people sort through this daunting task. I took another look at our conversation. I cut out about 10 minutes of it. If you want to save some time, listen to this version. Here's another look at my conversation with Jake. Thank you for coming back on the show, Jake. Certainly. Glad to be here. So it's, you have a YouTube channel devoted to this, mm-hmm. which is how to find and hire designers and architects and those types of people. Right, right. Educating homeowners on on the process, start to finish, because it's it's often a, a mystery <laughs> to some, not, not, not only what we do, but how to how to find us, how to hire us, what how to interview and, and vet people so that they've they're selecting the right architect for their for their project. Perfect. So where do they start? Well, so to start, you, you, you obviously have to find them. Probably the most common way is, is phone a friend, ask your neighbor, right? You, you ask for referrals from people you know. That's always a good way to start. In a neighborhood setting, it's easy to, to see folks, whether you're walking the dog or, or just in passing or you've got friends, it's, it's easy to ask. There, there might be a few degrees of separation, but usually within a few recommendations, you, you can get to a, you, you can arrive at, at a design professional potentially to hire. And kind of similar to that would be online sources, online neighbors, so to speak, whether that's local Facebook groups or um, sites like nextdoor.com, which are the real locally focused. And you can often ask for recommendations there. There's both a Nextdoor site and a Facebook group for my specific little neighborhood, um, which is only a tiny fraction of my zip code here. So you, it's out there online. If, if you're in a neighborhood, is there's most likely an online uh, forum for that. That's a great place to ask for referrals as well. Okay. And then kind of branching out from there, you're, you're going out to the internet at large. One place to go would be AIA.org or ASLA.org. If you're looking for a landscape architect, you can search directly for design firms on those websites. Those are direct, those are directories uh, listings. So AIA, just in case people don't know about it, is stands for hmm. The American Institute of Architects. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And the American Society of Landscape Architects. Those are our, our national organizations. Right. Which, by the way, uh, I just want to say is just a membership only. It's not like all architects are listed or all correct. landscape architects are listed. Okay. Just that is correct. Just that is correct. That you out. need to submit. I needed to submit my my business uh, to, to be listed. So right. that's true. You, you won't necessarily get everyone in in, in the Google sphere on those sites, but right. it, it is a place to look. It's definitely a place to look. Yeah. I just like, I am a lapsed AIA member, for example. So although mm-hmm. I am an architect, I am not an AIA because it's a voluntary membership. That's right. Right. As opposed to MD for doctor. I just think people think that AIA is the architect letter. What do you, what would you call that? Right. The architect suffix, I guess. 
suffix designation, what yeah. have you. You know, that's that is a great point because ASLA is. I, I choose to keep mine because I actually have to have it to speak at at conventions and conferences. Mm-hmm. So that's that's honestly the reason I keep it. Okay. Uh, not, not not to be listed. Most people, ninety nine percent of people, don't know that ASLA.org is even that it even exists. They go to Google. Mm. I get fifty. I think it's about fifty five percent. If I when I went through my twenty twenty leads. 55% of my leads came from Google searches. Wow. So how many of those leads turned into jobs? I mean, I'm just wondering if I people who s- do internet searches, if those are less likely to turn into real jobs than referrals. Mm, that's a great question. I, I think it's slightly less, but certainly in the majority of folks that found me, you know, I was able to, to work with, you know, maybe call it 60, 40, not as quote unquote slam dunk as a, as a direct referral from a, from a past client or from a neighbor. Certainly, but having an online presence is, I, I think most homeowners expect some sort of online presence. You don't have to be the top three on Google, but I think most homeowners, they want to see some sort of basic website. Uh, if not an Instagram or a Facebook listing, that's going to be, that, that's going to be next on the list outside of Google search is, is going to a place like YouTube, like I'm on or Facebook or Instagram or gosh, there's architects on TikTok now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Yep. Yep. So, I have a I've I haven't done it in a long time, but I have some TikToks out there. Oh. Yeah, I know. You're ahead of me. Well That's one I, I did it for a while and I just just kind of stopped. I really gravitated to YouTube because it was a longer form and I, I like to teach, so these five and ten minute segments just kind of suited me. Yeah, it makes total sense. My, my style. Yeah. So yeah. No, they're very helpful too. And they're not very they're longer content, but they're not super long content. So it's accessible. No, these aren't these aren't one hour videos yeah. by any means. No. Nope. You don't need a notebook and a pen. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah, you've got you've got offline referrals, you've got online uh, search engines and referrals, so to speak. Those are that's where you, that's where you find them overall. Um another good listing, especially in the residential sector like we are is house.com h-o-u-z-z mm-hmm. for better or for worse yep. it's it's no it's true there's a lot of info out there for homeowners on house that's correct and there's a lot there's a lot of listings i'm not saying your your selected design professional needs to be listed on on house there a vast majority are yeah in some some shape or form they are you know, yep not necessarily full-on profiles but i mean they'll they'll post videos of projects now as well as Photos of past projects. That's a that's a great way to vet hmm. potential designers. Now, I, I don't think that the project photos should be the end all be all of of interviewing and hiring a design professional. Right. At all. Yes. If you if you align with someone's style, great. By all means, interview them. But don't. I wouldn't discount someone that doesn't have you know ten projects that look exactly like what you're going for because they just might be the right person. They haven't gotten to work on a project like yours yet. So yeah. So we've, we've got all these places to find design professionals and now it's, it's time to, to start to, to narrow it down. So first you could go by design style. Architecture is a very visual medium, very visual profession. So that's, if you click with someone's past project, that's certainly a great place to start. Believe it or not, online reviews make a difference. Those, those number of stars next to your name, whether it's on Google or on house or on any other site, but similar to the photos, that's, that shouldn't be the, the be all end all of God, I'm not even going to talk to that guy. Cause he's only got three reviews. Well, 
maybe he's just so busy with projects that he hasn't had time to go out and ask for the reviews. Yeah. Um, well, that's very true because so, you have to ask your clients to give you a review and then they actually have to do it. So right. it's not 100% in the hands of whoever work you're looking at. You know, if someone's got a couple, you know, low star reviews, I'd, I'd dig into that. You know, don't be afraid to ask them why did this, you know, what happened here? Because you want to, you really want to understand whether it's going to be a good working relationship, not just he, you know, he or she designs cool things and, and, and then you kind of get along, but you need to dig deep into the working, working relationship and, and the process. So that's a good question to ask, even if they've got a couple three-star reviews on there. Yeah. I always ask for, I advise people to ask for contractors, but this could also work for architects or other designers is how do they deal with conflict or problems when they come up? So that's right. always good to know. Yeah. That's all that's digging into the process after you've you gone to meet them. It's not just the design process, but throughout, you're right. There's a conflict of interest in design. If you get to a point in permit documentation or even construction, and there's a there's something of an impasse, yeah, how, how's that going to be handled? It's all important. Important things to know before you send a deposit check in. <laughs> so, so let's see how to how to select. So we've got we've we've got the more face value things, the 3D things, but honestly, personality plays a lot into it. For me, that always starts with a phone call. I always take a 20 or 30 minute phone call just to understand the scope of their project and their time frame and budget. These are all things you should be prepared with. I kind of have a short list here. Th things things to bring to the table. Certainly need to know what you want to do, but you more importantly, you want to you want to bring to the table why you want to do it. Is is your family growing? Is your family shrinking? Are you thinking about resale in the near future? Or is this your quote unquote forever home? And resale's not not, not even a thought, you know, your, your heirs will, will deal with it, but you just want to live in the right house. You, you should definitely bring your budget, your expected budget to the table, or your, even your max budget. Don't be afraid of, of the numbers. I know it's, it's often a, I, I call it a touchy subject, but you know, a lot of people, they don't want to necessarily come right out and say, Hey, we're willing to spend X amount of dollars because that's, you know, money is sometimes a sensitive subject, but in this case, you, you want to be upfront. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want your architect designing. I always use the example of the Taj Mahal when you're, <laughs> when you're more just adding a sunroom on, on the side of the house. So. Right. But also, also if they say they only have a certain budget and then the architect tries really hard to stick within that budget, but then it turns out they had more, they just didn't want it to be more expensive. I think people mistakenly think that if they tell what their real budget is, then they'll be overshooting even their maximum budget, which isn't the case or shouldn't be the case, True. right? It should be, I have 400,000 to spend and I can't spend any more. And that includes soft costs. So then, mm -hmm. then your architect can help you with what you can realistically do for that amount of money rather than going the other way around and hoping for the best. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's important to be, to be upfront with that. Hopefully they're asking you your, your budget, but don't be afraid to, to volunteer it at some point in the initial discussion just so everyone's realistic going into it. Mm. And part part of that includes some sort of contingency on the construction side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's five, 10%, whatever it is. Um, and that's something that worked as whether it's a design build outfit or, or you're bidding out to contractors, you know, you, you want to include some wiggle room in there. Things happen. Um, schedule is the next thing that you should have at the ready. I always ask, is there a date that you want to start construction by, or is there a date that you need to have construction done for, let's say, oh, we're already into September, but say someone completely unrealistic said, I'm, I'm going to have Christmas in this house. Mm -hmm. 
which is completely unrealistic. Happen, by the way. Happened to me the other day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there you go. But, you know, be, be upfront about that and then have the discussion when, when there's pushback from the design professional or from the, eventually from the contractor say, there's, there's just no way. I mean, it takes eight weeks to get a window these days, eight to 12. So be, be upfront about that and then have a realistic discussion on where you're going to sit. And from there, you'll, you know, you'll back in to the, uh, to the design process and when you need to really be submitting for permit or be submitting for, for estimates and bids. It's a longer process than some people might uh, uh, assume. It really is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Even just the design and, process, I'm calling it architect for a pretty standard, let's just say a standard addition to getting a permit. I mean, wouldn't you say four months is um, pretty quick? Would that be? That's quick. Including uh, the Honestly, bidding? it's a little, it's a little bit quicker in my, in Greenville, South Carolina here. It's a little bit quicker than that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cause depending on the, depending on the back and forth of, of the design process, it can, it can move quickly. I mean, we're only in three, four weeks for permit turnaround here. Mm. Places like Los Angeles and Seattle, Seattle, I've heard it's, you know, bank on 12 to 16 months to review your permit drawings. What? It's Six, insane. Did you say 16 months? I did. To review Some people the are taking over drawings. a year to get a, to get a residential permit the, in the city of Seattle. Oh, that's. I would, I would love to hear if somebody completely disagrees with that. that that's just, that's what I've heard. I have not heard that. Yeah. It's not that long here. I think we have, no. I think we have like 60 day maximum that they're allowed to take around here. So. Okay. Well, that could be wrong, but. That's on the books. That's great. Yeah. So, but I mean like four months from when I get hired or when mm -hmm. I'm being interviewed to through bidding and everything to submitting a permit set. Cause sometimes it can take four to six weeks or longer now for, for bids to come in with all the subs really not mm -hmm. being all that able to turn things around that quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm seeing six weeks when you think of all the subcontractors mm. need to come in. You know, the other part that plays in the schedule is you're, when you, when you find the right architect, he or she may not, may not be able to start for three months. Exactly. Yes. Especially if they're good, they're, they're most likely backed up. And as for the last, I don't know how many years, you know, everyone's been relatively busy except for the mm -hmm. little hiccup last year, but be realistic about even though you sign the contract and send the deposit, you know, they may not be, they may not, may not be putting pen to paper for a month or, or two or three. Mm -hmm. So definitely something to be, to be aware of. And then the last, uh, the last thing as far as what to bring would be, would be those, those images, whether that's, you know, cut out of magazines, old school. That is old or, school, Jake. Does people still do I, that? Cut it out of magazines. Some people have, some people do. They just have a, they have this picture. Some people still That's true. subscribe to, That's true. you know, I, I, I get, I still get dwell in my mailbox. So. I know, but would you cut it up? So whether it's, it's torn out of a magazine or, um, or it's an idea, it's called an idea book on house.com. It's called a board on pinterest.com. Mm -hmm. And if you're the other, the caveat to that is if once you hire them, that if your design professional is on one of those websites, you can bring them into that idea book so that, so that they're aware of what's in your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I have a pro tip for using those websites. And what I do with my clients is it's so easy, especially on house. It's so easy to put hundreds of images into an idea book where you're, you're, you're overwhelming the architect or the designer. I go through a top 10 list with my clients. I say, what are the top 10 images where, whether you're picking a piece out of it or it's the overall feel in this photo, pick your top 10. It goes into a separate little folder. You can keep all the rest, but giving someone 95 images, it's just, it, there's too many problems to solve. There's too many things to try to address in, in a, in a design solution. 
go with your top 10. What are the top 10 things in your renovation or in your, your new custom home that you, that you have to have? And that's a good mark. My, one of my favorite commercials, I think it's Kohler. Have you seen this where they, the couple brings in the faucet and slams it down and says, design a house around this faucet. Well, wow. That's good. I need to get that specific with me, but that's, I, I, I find like, that's perfect for me. Like you give me one picture and say, this is kind of the feel we want that that's something for me to go on. But okay. I'm trying to uh, see now I'm trying to imagine what kind of house would be, would go with different Kohler faucets that I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those so, are good places. Yeah. You should definitely bring that to a potential architect or designer. Right. And now the last thing you could bring in, in, in that vein, but can often be, can, can sometimes be a touchy subject is bringing a, a design, something you have already designed and say, Hey, I, this is what I want, or I think this is what we want. It can be helpful to kind of lead the architect a little bit, designer a little bit, but saying, just draw this up, which is a quote that where a lot of us bristle. <laughs> that's well, not, yeah. that, that's not, that's not why you hired them. You hired them for their expertise and their, and their experience and their eye on, on your house. So that's those, true. those are helpful for me. I, I don't take them completely at face value. I'll, I'll use them as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I say, well, it can't work because of ABC. How about this? And it's a, you know, it's an objective discussion, but just, I don't know what the word I want to use. It's not, it's not sensitive. It's, it, it's great to bring your ideas to the table. You know, it should be collaborative, but, but don't let, don't let those, those sketches, those weekend sketches be the, <laughs> be the only part of the design, you know, allow some creative freedom with, with the person that you're hiring. I mean, you're yeah. hiring them as a professional for a reason. So exactly. Yeah. There are different levels of people bringing their designs, right? Like you say, mm-hmm. if they say, just draw it up that you probably shouldn't be hiring an architect. Cause you could just draft it up yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe if that's what exactly what you want. And, and obviously there are people who have all this experience and, Maybe this is your first time doing this type of project. Maybe it's their 50th time doing that kind of project. So there's value mm-hmm. in that experience, but. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got all this at the table and typically I, I have started with, with a phone call, as I mentioned before, just to get to know the person, their, their tone of voice, um, have hearing, hearing the way that they speak about different elements of the project and their excitement level. I'm either excited about the project or the great thing about talking directly to a design professional is they may not be, you may not need an architect as, as you just said, Catherine, they may just need a structural, they may just need it. Maybe an interior designer can handle um, enough of the work. Maybe it's, well, you should, you should go to a design build outfit because of say such a small scope. Why don't you wrap it up? It's it's, it's smaller than, than I would typically take on. So here's a contractor with in-house design. You never know. So starting on the phone or even starting on a zoom call is, is completely I'd say it's the norm. At least it's the norm in my business. Yeah. Versus a versus a face to face, at least these days. But when it moves to face to face, you're you're either meeting at at their office, or I like to meet at the house or at the property itself to start to get a feel, start to get a feel for for the spaces or the potential spaces. Not not every meeting needs to be in an office setting or on a phone on a phone call. You know, actually being in the house, walking them through how you live in your house and what works and what doesn't work more importantly is, is super valuable. Do you charge for that visit, Jake? Are we still talking free at this point? It, it, it depends. Right. It, it depends. If it is a, 
if it's a referral from a friend or family member, if it's a referral of not through my interior designer that I like to work with or a contractor I work with, I often don't charge because the working relationship is there and it's, it's usually leading to, to, to a project for me. If it's a new build and we're, we're going out tr- tromping around in, in a field or in the woods and we're, we're starting to really talk the nitty gritty of citing the house and on view opportunities and all that stuff, then, then yes, I'll charge for, you know, an hour or, or hour or two of time. And I think that's, that's important. Um, a lot of people come to it as, well, I should get a free estimate or even worse. I should get free design ideas oh, yeah. before <laughs> I had somebody ask me for that b- last before year. I decide to oh, hire you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm having everybody give me their design ideas and I'll decide who to choose. Like, no, oh, you should probably go with those other people if they're willing to give you that design for free. Cause right. I mean, that's, that's like just not the way it goes. No, you, you don't go to the doctor and get a treatment and say, if, if I'm all in six months, if I'm still good, then I'll pay you. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's an important point that it's not a design competition, right? That you don't right. collect the designs and the schematic design is actually part of the work. Like that's mm-hmm. the work. Right. And especially in the case of a, of a custom build, if you are, if you're investing five, six, 800, a million dollars into a house and you're you know, you're scoffing at a $250, um, consultation yeah. or your, where are your priorities here? Right. Um, I, I understand that, that they add up at the end of the day, but we're, you know, we're talking about an hour or two of time. Time is the most important thing any of us have. So to be able to quote unquote, pick the brains of, let's say you're interviewing three different architects and yeah, it's 250 or $500 a pop. Well, you know, you're gaining a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge that can that can either you know confirm the things you're thinking about building this house, or maybe turn you in a, in the right direction when a certain architect sees problems with grading or drainage or how you how you uh, you're setting up your views and anything like that. So it's it, it's often worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to get that, if you want to pay, let's say five hundred dollars for three architects to come out, you will have information that you can use with whichever one you end up choosing because not all three of them are going to say the mm-hmm. same exact thing and. People have different viewpoints, but it does get awkward when I go to someone's house and they're expecting me to tell them what to do. And then I feel like, well, sometimes I just tell them what I think they should do because I just want to get it over with. And, you know, but it just gets awkward because um, am I here to listen about what your issues are or am I here to give you the solution? Because that's my business is giving you the solution, you know, so then it gets kind of awkward. And along those lines, it's. It varies, obviously, from person to person. I need, me personally, I need time to digest and think through a solution. I'm not an on-the-spot, oh, yeah, let's move this, let's do this. I'm Like you see on like a house flipper show on HGTV <laughs> where it's perfectly edited. It doesn't work that way. We're not, not everyone, and I'm speaking for myself here, will just come in and just start spitting out design ideas because that's, that's not the way my brain works. You know, I need to iterate. It's an iterative process, I think, from pretty much... 99% of design professionals, it's a very iterative process. So I need, I need to absorb and, and talk to the homeowner and absorb what I'm seeing yeah. and understand the constraints and then take that back here to the office and, and mull it through. So do, don't expect, you know, in that first meeting, don't expect to have the design sorted out. It's going to take, it's going to take some time. Right. That's the whole point. Yes. It does take that's time. Whole point. Yes. That's the whole job. <laughs> I mean, the design part is, is a lot of the job. Right. So, you know, if, and, and, and you'll tell me if we want to go into any 
real nitty gritty details, but typically after that, after that initial meeting, whether it's on site and, and you've, you started to get a feel for the person and they understand the scope of work now, there'll be a written proposal or even a written contract, depending on how they, how that design professional operates. You need to have, you need to get everything in writing. That's, that's, you know, as, as business owner, I need to protect myself, but also you as the homeowner, you need to, you need to know what you're getting for the fee. You want it all spelled out in writing so that, so nothing is, is, is left as a mystery. And, you know, you don't say, well, I, I thought I was getting more than this. Well, it's important to have everything spelled out. And if there's a question on, on that, if the proposal is vague, which hopefully it wouldn't be, but if it's vague, you know, you need to speak up and say, what am I really getting here for this fee? And that, that's okay to ask that question. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's all listed out and spelled out what's included and what's not included, especially as you get into the, the detailed documents, you know, architects won't, won't necessarily include surveyor fees and structural engineering fees and all these other consultants or subcontractors that, that often come into play Yeah, needs to be spelled out what you're, what you're getting exactly. And who needs to be on your team mm-hmm. who needs to be at the table. Yeah. And how many drawings, what types of drawings, um, mm-hmm. how many site visits, if it's hourly or if it's what's included as extra for hourly, sometimes people do it that way. Right. I think going, yeah, going into design fees could almost be a whole other podcast. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. There are a variety of ways for that to happen. The fees that is. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And then off you go. But I mean, I, I really think that's a good overview of, of how to find, how to find these, these mysterious design professionals out there. And then mm. the things that you should be bringing to the table, the things that they should, they should be bringing to you as, as introducing you to their process. Um, I think I certainly think that's that's a good primer, and that'll get you started in in, in the right direction. So maybe we should have started with this, Jake. But uh, what? Mm-hmm. How do you know if you need an architect to begin with, or oh. a designer? I could be that is that could be too big of a question. But um, <laughs> do you do you need do you necessarily need an, an architect? Well, that's where I think you know, getting on the phone with with three or four different architects, and I I know that's I know that's a time. Um, investment, but, you know, ask the question, do we, at what level do we need to hire? Can I just bring in a contractor? Do we need full design drawings? Do I need a permit? These are all big picture questions. I think going to an architect first is a great place to start because they'll understand the best, whether, you know, at what level of, of professional services do you, do you really need? And, and whether you need it or not, would you be best served by bringing on a design professional because of constraints a, B, C, X, Y, Z. That's hard to answer in a, in a single sentence. No, right? it but, is. It is. I mean, that is a bigger question, but maybe one you could ask mm-hmm. the architect. One might think that if you ask an architect, do I need to hire an architect? They'll always say yes, because they want the work, but that's not the case. Or at least I don't, haven't found personally like that's the case. So if someone asked me, do I need an architect? And then they tell me what their issue is. And I'll say, I think you'd be fine just hiring this company who could help you a little bit with this thing that you need. And you don't really need a mm-hmm. full foot, you know, because the answer depends on a lot on how much time someone has to spend, what the complexity is of their project. And if they want any design help. I mean, I feel like if people don't, like you said earlier, don't really want to use the expertise of the architect. There's no, maybe they shouldn't be paying for an architect. The example that, that comes to mind is, a few weeks ago, it was, a, it was a kitchen remodel, but going through the, the conversation of, of what this homeowner was looking for, um, you know, it was really, it was very much cosmetic. It was not, nothing structural involved about it to where I, I didn't think you needed to bring in an architect. 
by any means, you know, a, a kitchen and bath specialty contractor would have done done just fine. Right. Um, and that was the recommendation yeah. that, that I made in the end. So oh, that's a good example. Yeah. So I think it's fair yeah. to ask the person mm-hmm. that you're looking to hire, do I need to hire you? So. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we could do some follow-ups in the future about, you know, about how we charge or any of that, how our fees are set, what to expect. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So that, I, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a, could be a separate episode there. Yep. <laughs> I could. Well, thank you. Thank you for, You're welcome. thank you for, you know, explaining that. I think that'll be helpful to people because honestly, I don't know, I don't know where people get that information, I guess, kind of from their friends or your YouTube channel. In- Right. Or they're asking, they're asking their realtor a lot of times. True. Um, you know, I do get, I do get recommendations every now and then. Lots of pools recently coming through the summer, the end of the summer here. But I mean P- like. Planning it, for pools for next year. <laughs> I know pools. Now's the time to plan for your pool for next summer. That is a good PSA. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. No, I just mean that people don't really know how to go about the whole process. So the weirdest, uh, can I, I'm just going to share a little story about the weirdest interview I had. They had cleared out the, um. The house was cleared out. It was empty. And so they put a chair right underneath the dining room pendant. That was my chair. And then they turned on the light and then there were two seats facing me. So it was just like three chairs, two of them facing me. And it was so uncomfortable for me. I just felt like I was in, I was really being interrogated. Interrogation room. I had 20 questions they wanted to ask me. It was like, oh, well, I didn't end up taking that job. Uh-huh. <laughs> the vibe, the vibe was too weird for me. So yeah, so don't do that. Like try to make it a comfortable thing. You don't have to be interrogating anybody. Hopefully, yeah, yes. yeah. Huh. Yeah, you re- you really want it to be a conversation because it's gonna be it's gonna be a long term working relationship. It's not just two weeks of design work and here are the drawings. Here you go. This this person's especially in in the residential setting. This person's gonna be integral to how you live in your home. Right for the for however many years you're planning to stay, so. Yes, and we'll probably even learn about your bathing habits and all sorts of other things that you don't normally talk about around all kinds the of town. Things. Yeah, so. That's true. Yep. Anyway, yeah, so I think I think probably what people are, should be looking for is a uh, professional credentials and experience, but then also just their personality and how they interact and how you feel about them. Right, yeah. Going with your gut is, it's always the best measure. Yeah big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Jake, if someone wanted to, I don't know, spend more time with you and your videos, where would they find them? JWK Design on YouTube, a little bit on Instagram, but but YouTube's where I've got most of my, my information there. Great. Um, or jwkdesign.com. Good. Well, thanks again. I appreciate all your time. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, the listener. I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations, where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with House Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at gablemedia.com. That is G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Until next time, take it easy. Take it easy.